Hey, what's going on? And this is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast brought to you by TaylorMadeRadio.ca and uh, produced regularly by Matt Olix. But not this episode today because Matt's off in the mountains doing white people shit. But with that being said, let's begin the show. What's going on, people? How you doing? How's things happening out there in the world for you? As things are starting to reopen and things are, you know, getting a little crazy out there. How you living? You guys all right? You having a good time? Uh, huh? Everything's fine? Good. Good. Yeah? Really? Okay, fantastic. Well, I got a lot to get on my plate today, so um, let's get into it. First off, uh, I told you guys I wanted to get the podcast back up and running on Sundays and that's what I'm trying to do right now so this podcast is going to be is being recorded right now on Sunday and being released on Sunday now I thought I was going to be recording on Saturday but yo on the real you guys ever have where your life like days just don't matter and like you don't know what day it is I genuinely thought and I mean genuinely thought that yesterday was Friday and that I'd be recording the podcast today, which would be Saturday, and then I'd have it uploaded for Sunday. Like, I was so out of it that I genuinely missed out on plans. Like, I had made plans to take the kids to the water park and all kinds of shit. And I don't know how I messed that up, man. I really don't know how I lost an entire day. But I know I'm not the only one who's genuinely been like, living in a time that didn't exist or that had already happened and that is how that went down so this podcast is uh being recorded today instead of yesterday uh like this week has been just a jam-packed week and the reason why is because this year because of COVID-19 there's no caravana so um for all my listeners who have never been caravana is the largest carnival in North America and uh being from Toronto originally it's like it, it's 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 Caribbean people's Christmas it's our real holiday it's where for those 3 days Caribbean people truly you know embrace their heritage culture everything on a massive scale of unity and it's beautiful it's amazing it's one of the biggest and best parades and and extremely fun to go to I definitely recommend you go and check it out i mean it's not as good as it now as it used to be back in the day back in the day it was wild i remember back in the day with see like caravan was so big that people from america and england all over the world would come and every single year uh canadian men would fake accents <laughs> now there's two thoughts to this let me just first of all say a lot of Toronto guys would fake their names and accents so that they could uh, get the phone numbers and possibly sleep with um, women in Toronto <laughs> because, like, they thought that uh, having a, an American accent or being, you know, exotic would work. And here's the two schools of thought on that. First off, um, I understand from the uh, perspective of the guys faking the accent because, yo, I don't care what anyone tells me. I've seen dudes do it. 
They fake the accent. They lie about their name. They say where they're from. Girls think that it's exotic, and they do sleep with them. And it's happened, and it's happened a lot. There's something about uh, guys from New York, something, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but guys from, like, New York, Toronto girls, like, love them. And so a lot of guys would just fake the accent because Toronto's so big. You could sleep with somebody. It's not like Edmonton, all right? If you're in Edmonton and you're listening to this, you're like, what? How the hell are they doing that? Toronto is on such a massive scale. You can go to the same club every single week, and every single week it'd be a different crowd. Whereas as Edmonton, if you go to the same club every single week, it's just going to be you and the same people, you know, minus, you know, 50 or 60 different people. But it's going to be the same crowd. But in Toronto, the city is so massive, you could, you know, Mississauga is its one own area from the greater Toronto area. Then you've got Pickering. Then you've got, you know, Oshawa. You've got Brampton. You've got, you know, West End Toronto. You've got Scarborough. You've got all these places where you could live your entire life and never meet these people ever again, and they're all coming together in one area, which is the Lakeshore Boulevard, which is where Carabana, uh, the parade the parade route is. And so a lot of guys would lie. I had a friend, uh, and his name was Kevin, but he always called himself Sean. And he would uh, practice. This guy would practice his American accent because he always went to New York uh, a week or so before Carabana, and his family would then drive back up uh, for the, the festival. And so this guy would practice. He would practice, and I'm not going to lie, every year when he came back, uh, this dude's accent was like, it was nice. It was legit. And I used to watch him, and he would wear, because like the thing back in the days is you always want to have an outfit that people would know you couldn't get it in Canada. They'd be like, oh, well, you got that. Y'all from the States, y'all, it's whatever. You know what I mean? And so he would buy clothes that he knew that you could only get in America. And then he would practice, like, not only the slang, but the personality, the style, the way they would act, knowing he would use the address of his family in the States to say where he lived. And then he would back it up even further by having his uncle play his father. He'd be like, oh, that's my dad right there. And the dad is American, so he has the accent. And it worked every year. Every year, this guy got numbers galore and pum pum. And then on the other side, I get where people are like, that's whack. You're being... You're being you're being a loser. Why would you do that? And it's just like, yeah, because it is kind of a loser tactic that you would have to fake uh, an accent to try to get a woman's attention. But I'll be honest with you, ladies. Anything you say that you like, that you're attracted to, that would make you drop them draws, men will do it immediately. Okay, that's why I like dudes from the '90s. Because these new age dudes are rocking skinny jeans and, <laughs> and all kinds of things. That's your fault, ladies. That's your fault. Because guys are dressing like that because they think you like it. And they're going to do anything to, to, to fit the mold of whatever it is to be banged by you. All right? And, and that's the reality of it. If you want to know, I personally believe, if you disagree with me, let me know. But I personally believe the feminization of men 
in media and in society starts from the simple fact that, ladies, you tend to like and move towards uh, guys who almost look like girls. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm not saying that you don't like rugged men or whatever thing because uh, the beard was another big thing. Like, if you go back to 2015, beards were non-existent. Beards were rare. And all of a sudden, 2016 to 2017 is when that hype of the beard came. And then guys all started rocking beards. A lot of guys don't even want to have a beard. They're just struggling to grow it just so that they could be like, will you fuck me now? Will you let me touch me? Will you please? It's it's sad. And so uh, I understand how a dude will go as far as faking an accent because uh, I see guys going as far as uh, trying their best to grow their scraggly little beard so that they can impress you. So if you want to see people stop doing whack stuff uh i don't know fuck them earlier i don't know what to tell you <laughs> but yeah there's no carabana uh and uh so right now uh this was carabana saturday was yesterday so shouts out to all my caribbean people in toronto who are posting all their last year pictures or doing their virtual jump up in their costumes in their living rooms you know what I'm saying? Do whatever you got to do. I'm not even hating on you, man. Do whatever you got to do. Keep the culture alive. Don't let COVID kill the culture. And the reason why I say that also is because um, I've been very busy this week doing a lot of filming and interviews for Kerry West. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Carabana is the largest Caribbean carnival in North America. And it's actually the largest parade in North America. And... Kerry West is the largest Caribbean uh, festival in Western Canada. And your boy is the host. That's right. I am the host of Kerry West Festival 2020. And it was canceled. And they decided to go with a virtual lime, the Kerry West virtual lime. And in order to make this entertaining for everybody, there's lots of segments. So there's a lot of interviews. Uh, there's cooking shows, there's DJs, there's live performances, there's all different kinds of things. And so I've been working my ass off uh, doing a lot of filming and stuff. It's going to be the August 7th to 9th. So please, uh, all my 50, it's now at 50. And I, I blame it on uh, my inconsistency with when I release my episodes. But my 50 dedicated listeners, listen to me. I love you guys, and I love the fact that you guys rock with me. Now you guys can rock with me live no matter where you are in the world because uh, to my one, I think it's two. I have two listeners in Los Angeles. Thank you. Um, uh, you can rock with me August 7th to 9th as I host the Carry West Virtual Lime, and there's a lot of segments. Uh, I'm going to be doing a cooking show. I'm going to be in a, a dance workout. Uh, I got to talk to band leaders. I'll be working with DJs, live performances, special guests, all kinds of things I'll be doing. So make sure you guys log on to uh, Instagram, um, on Facebook, whichever social media you choose to use. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. The Carrie West Virtual Live. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
I know it is because I'm working my ass off to make sure that it's entertaining and that it kind of speaks to the world to show that we want Kerry West to grow. We want to have more people. We want to have more bands. We want people to start saying that, you know, instead of just going to Carabana, the Carnival Chasers is what we call them, who would go to, you know, there's the Miami Carnival, Trinidad Carnival, Toronto Carnival, New York Labor Day Parade. Uh, those were like the big ones that everybody knows about. Uh, and of course, you know, crop over. Uh, those are all big ones, crop over and Barbados, that the Carnival Chasers would go to. We're trying to this year, you know, make COVID the, 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 the curse and the blessing because now a lot of people have to watch from home and we want to show the world how great uh, Western Canada could throw it down. And I genuinely believe that this year they're doing a lot to make some magic happen. So look out for that stuff. And I'm sorry for all my carnival chasers that this is the year that carnival. Well, I mean, if you went to Trinidad Carnival, you still got to rock out one more time. But to the rest of the world, you know, it kind of sucks that we lost our carnival this year, man. Uh, but we do have things coming back, like the NBA is back. That's a big deal, all my NBA players, people. And here's why I'm happy the NBA is is, is back. It's because I was bored. Let's just be honest. NBA is back. And the Raptors won their first game against Los Angeles. And here's why I'm, I'm excited about that. Because, yo, American people have shown the utmost disrespect for Canadian basketball. Like, how is it that the Toronto Raptors are the champions, right? The NBA champs having to knock off arguably one of the greatest teams ever assembled in the history of the NBA. And the little Toronto Raptors beat that team in under seven games. And here's what I really hate is that they try to break that excuse of, oh, well, we were missing one of our players. Yo, Golden State, go fuck yourself. You had an all-star lineup. Literally, your entire starting lineup was on the goddamn all-star team. And the Toronto Raptors didn't have none of the kind of shooters that you guys had. But we played like a team. We played like San Antonio. And we came together. And God bless Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is leading more Toronto people to the promised land than Louis Farrakhan. God bless Nick Nurse, okay? That is the best coach in the NBA right now. And I'm sick and tired of the disrespect that we're getting from these Toronto, from not Toronto, sorry, from these American people. Did you guys know that they didn't even put Toronto as the winning team in the East? Like, they didn't even, they don't even rank us. I think they put Milwaukee over us. We beat Milwaukee, okay? We beat Milwaukee, and we beat uh, the, the Boston, and we beat the Golden State Warriors. And you know what? I hope to God we win this year. I hope we win this year because I can't wait for the, to hear what they say now. You know what I'm saying? But the Toronto Raptors are looking great. I'm excited. I'm happy. Good for you, Toronto Raptors. And if you don't watch basketball, you should. It's a patriotic thing. All right? <laughs> Just watch the sport just to support the Raptors because uh, they're doing big things right now, and I'm loving it. Shout out to the Raptors. I know none of you guys listen to it because uh, you're none of my 50 dedicated listeners. But either which way, it's um, 
it's a big deal, and I uh, I'm excited for the season. I mean, a lot of the sports are coming back, but I'm really uh, focused on the Raptors. I don't like how we won, beating the blasted Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson, either oh Clay Thompson got injured in the last game. So what? When Golden State won their first championship, beating LeBron, did you guys put an asterisk next to their name because they didn't have some of their great? They didn't have Kyrie. You guys had to. You guys barely beat them. And they were missing one of their key players. And nobody's batted an eye saying that Golden State was one of the greatest teams. Then you added another phenomenal player to your team, won a couple championships. Then you had to come up against Nick Nurse, Kawhi Leonard. And I give Kawhi his props. We did, without a doubt, win uh because of Kawhi. I don't take and I'm not mad at him for leaving either. I'm not mad at him for leaving. Uh he said he wasn't he said he was coming for a year. He said it when he got in. He's like I'm coming for a year and then I'm going to Los Angeles. That's exactly what he said and that's exactly what he did. He was like any good uh Toronto man. He came in, he gave us a ring and then left us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's <laughs> That's what Kawhi did and I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at the man for that. But, yo, I feel like they disrespected the, the Toronto team just because we're Canadian. And uh, I want the Toronto Raptors to just beat up the whole of the NBA. Just show them one more time. Say, yo, uh, we do it. All right. So shout out to my Toronto Raptors. And um, there's a lot of uh, exciting things happening uh, that I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, one, I'm so late to the party on this. And it's that Netflix is asking for Canadian content. And uh, they posted this July 16th, and the deadline was August 5th. Now, as much as I'm excited for um, uh, this opportunity and what it opens up, why do they always do that to the creators? Why do you always give the shittiest deadlines? Like, Okay, for those of you who don't know, pitching a television show isn't just walking in and being like, this is what we're going to do. No, there's a lot involved. You know what I mean? You got to have a log line, a synopsis, character development, your budget, uh, where you're shooting. There's a lot involved in pitching a television show. And uh, realistically, they're giving you three weeks to put your shit together. Now, yeah, is it possible? Yes, it is. But if you're truly asking for... Canadian content, why didn't you just do it? We're in a pandemic. People aren't even working together the way that we usually do. We have to, like, be creative and figure shit out. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And and give it three weeks. So uh, I'm really complaining because I only found out today. Okay? I found out today that Netflix is asking for submissions. The deadline is August 5th. Today, as I talk to you guys, is literally August 2nd. So, do you think I can pull off submitting a TV show idea in three days? Well, you'll find out. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try my best. And um, on the next podcast, I'll let you guys know if I was able to get it in on time. But um, I have some really great ideas, of course. Um, You guys know, for those of you who don't know, and I think you do know, because I think the 50 dedicated listeners are all people who have already met me before or have been to my shows. 
But um, in 2016, I got signed by Kevin Hart to um, be on the LOL Network, and then uh, nothing happened. Uh, but I will say that the positive from that was that I had to rewrite and pitch to TV networks somewhere around 20 to 27 times I was in a pitch meeting, and I learned a lot about what they want, what they require, what to expect, and, and, and really how to make it work. And so uh, as excited as I am and as nervous as I am, I was uh, messaging uh, because, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but I was in a online uh, drama series called Quarantangled produced by uh, Jesse Lipscomb. And I called up Jesse and I was like, hey, did you submit? And he's like, oh, yeah, we're already way ahead of you, Sterling. And so that's excellent. And uh, you guys also don't know, but I was in another uh, TV pilot uh, called Red Boys and um, produced. Uh, so that's uh, we'll see. So all these things that I had done before are being submitted. And uh, I'm excited to see because, I again, I thought uh, – that it was done. Rent Boys was produced, I'm sorry, by Eric Janvier. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's submitting that one. And Quarantangle, uh, uh, produced by Jesse Lipscomb, he's sub submitting that one. I play, uh, I'm not the star in any of them, but I'm a major character in both. And so that would be dope if uh, those shows got picked up because then uh, they would have to produce them. And then you guys would see me on uh, two. One is a romantic comedy and the other one... Uh, uh, just a straight-up comedy. Uh, that would be great. But, yeah, I got some amazing ideas, and I'm I'm going to try to put it through, man. It's going to be interesting, though. I'm a little nervous, but, like, I work well under pressure. You know, like I said, I'm a great boss but a terrible employee. But the one thing that I'm good at as a boss and an employee is working under pressure. Like, for some reason, I'm that person that – if you gave me too much time to do something, I would still wait till the last minute to do it. I don't know what it is about me. I don't know why I do that to myself. But for some reason, when I'm under that pressure, it just squeezes out the creative juices from me and allows me to just, boom, come and hit you with some magic. And um, I've always been that person. Like, I was that person who would not study for the test. I just couldn't study for the test, I'll never forget exams back in high school. I'd be sitting outside of the exam room an hour and a half before exams going over each chapter. And you know what? I always passed. I never failed. In fact, one time my test marks were so high, they actually had to launch an investigation against me to prove my education because they said there's no way I could have scored the way I scored. I got an 88%. And they said there's no way I could have scored the way I scored based on my classroom attendance. By the way, I didn't like to go because I was bored, all right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got the point. This is what's due. We don't need to go over it again and again and again. And I wouldn't go. I played dominoes in the cafeteria. And then I would come back and pass the test. And so uh, in high school, uh, at the time when I was in school in Ontario, uh, 50% of your grade was homework. How fucking stupid is that? I could get a 50% just for doing my homework and then fail every test? What kind of preparation for high school, for a university is that? 
But either which way, it was 50% was um um 50% was um your your homework and then they had 30% was your final exams and then 20% was your uh your test throughout the year. So even though I would get an 88 on my final exam, I would end up getting like a 68 or a 70 overall. But either which way, fuck you guys, I always passed. And uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, the pressure that is put on me right now to try to produce uh, the requirements to pitch a TV show to Netflix Canada that I could have it done. I have to have it submitted by 5 p.m. on Wednesday, guys. By 5 p.m. on Wednesday. So just know I'm going to be burning the midnight oil. Today's Sunday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So technically in my mind, that's four days uh, to get this shit done. And I got to get everything put together. And I really hope uh, that it works out. So I'm excited about that. And um, uh, shout outs to, again, uh, Eric Janvier and Jesse Lipscomb on uh, putting out Canadian content and uh, supplying roles for Canadian actors. I really hope one of our our shows get picked up because um, I'd love to, you know, get on that platform, get on that stage and start creating a good Canadian show. Not saying there's none out there, but Canada. You know what I'm talking about when I say that when you see a TV show from America, you know it's from America. And when you see a Canadian TV show, you're like, who the fuck produced that? Aren't you sick of that? Aren't you tired of every time it's a Canadian show, it's a corny-ass, piece-of-shit show? Like, don't we deserve, as Canadians, to have nice things? Well, fuck it. That's what I'm trying to do. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's the kind of uh, shit I want when I do. When I get on, I want people to laugh. I want people to enjoy we should not be consuming 99% American content and keeping just enough Canadian content on so that we can get grants. We should be producing good fucking Canadian content. We should be allowed to become stars in our own country and stop having to wait to be accepted by America in order to get on. So uh, thank you, Netflix Canada. I know you're not listening, but if ever... People want to like do cancel culture on Sterling Scott, which will definitely happen at some point in time in my career. At least Netflix Canada will know that I at least gave them a shout out when I only had 50 dedicated listeners. And uh, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, you know, wish me luck on that, you know. And uh, I know another big topic. A lot of people are probably if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you're probably going to want to know. Uh, what's been going on with this uh, confrontation. And I went down on Wednesday. I got a ride from a friend. So for those of you, again, who don't know my car, I hit a coyote in the shop. Um, I thought it was a wolf, that story. So uh, my car's in the shop, and uh, the venue's far away. I uh, got a ride. Somebody gave me a ride. Uh, it's hard to get rides nowadays because I don't really like asking people for shit. And on top of that, um, a lot of people are busy. And I'm not trying to, you know, bother people in order to, with my problems when I know they got their own. But I was fortunate enough to get a ride. I got a ride down on Wednesday. I was all hyped. I was ready to go. And then I walk in the building, and the venue is closed. 
So the venue was closed, and then I wasn't able to go uh, back to go and deal with it because, like I said, I've been filming for the last couple of days for Carrie West. And then the next big mess up is that I thought that <laughs> yesterday was Friday because I intended to go for Saturday to go in and deal with it as my, okay, that's the second date that I would go. And then Saturday.